welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common. You don't gotta enjoy just one or the other. So we will take this week's movie and pair it with something either artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. We are in our second week of Merry Musicals March, and I should say who we are. Uh, one of us is Nick, that one's me, uh, and with me as always is the fried chicken to my dry white toast, Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Dope. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I wasn't sure how you'd take that one. <laughs> I love fried chicken. I figured, yeah, that's the fun option, and I'm yep. the tall, gangly toast. <laughs> yes, I'm the one who orders the thing that will kill you at the restaurant, and... You need the as most, straightforward a meal as possible. The most benign thing yeah. in the world, just that I don't need to worry later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and between the hints of its musicals May and Dry White Toast, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about 1980s The Blues Brothers. You better get bright, pal. We got a show to do. Then we got to figure out some way to collect that gate money. Get it to the Cook County Assessor's Office as soon as they open in the morning. Joliet, Jake, and Elwood Blues. Two men with a mission, and only 11 days. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Our Lady of Blessed Acceleration, don't fail me now! For me and the Lord, you got to understand it. We're on a mission from God. Are you the police? No, ma'am. We're musicians. A delightful romp. We were singing the, what do you call it, their theme song? Pump up They're tune? Like, yeah. yeah. Their, their entrance music. Yeah. yeah, we were singing that as we were setting up today, getting hyped up. <laughs> it belongs there. Yeah, it's extremely peppy. It's for, for like a, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it. But oh, for yes. a movie that's basically just a bunch of sketches strung together, it is very peppy and, and fun. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shocker, a, a sketch comedy movie is fun, but, you Yeah, know. it's not always the case, so... <laughs> it's not always a slam dunk, but this one I feel like is. I would say rarely is it a slam dunk. I, I'm gonna go on record there. I can't pull any immediate failures to mind, but probably that's because everyone was like, let's never speak uh, of this yes, again, and just past. no one watches the movies anymore. It's littered with failures. Yeah, <laughs> that is... <laughs> That's actually the motto of our podcast is the past is littered with failures. <laughs> I'm like, you're fine. It's always pertinent. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to try not to think about that too much. Um, I wanted to hear about how you, we haven't talked about this before, but how you like came across this movie for the first time. Oh my God. Yes. But, uh, uh, I, I, this is one of those movies where I actually like, I remember the first time I ever watched oh, it yeah? because my dad, I was maybe like 13, 14 and my dad, it was like. 10 p.m. on a school night, and he was just, like, in the den, like, on the computer, and he was like, come in here. I want you to watch this. I want you to sit and watch this two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> 80s comedy. Sit. No, he made me watch the, like, the first, like, the opening scene until the first tune hits. Like, like, until the title card. No, 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 until the title card. Okay. It's, like, 12 minutes, okay. maybe. And so I just sat there, and I'm just watching this, like, these, like, dramatic you know sunrise 
flyovers of like Illinois, and I'm like, yeah. Dad, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what is going on? And he's like, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> and and then we get to the like the title card drop and the first the, or the first needle drop, and I was like, oh. Which okay. is okay. <laughs> it's when he's when they're getting out of the jail, right? The, yes, yeah, and okay. they like hug, yeah. and the the horn the horn beats. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's how that happened. Is my dad? This is an extremely dad movie to Very enjoy. Very dad movie. And so he he showed me that, and he was like, "Eh." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this rule." <laughs> incredible dad energy too. Mm-hmm. Be like, "Hey, here's this Come thing in here. you yeah. have no context for, but I no. know everything about." Isn't Come this... stand in the den. I'm sitting in the office chair. <laughs> you can watch this 13 minute cold open over my shoulder. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh... So shout out, dad. What the fuck was that? <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> that's... Yeah, yeah, not yeah. forgetting it, I guess. That's uh, that's how I came across this movie. I feel Sweet. like a lot of the, like, 80s pop culture, you know, 70s, 80s, like, my dad was mm. really into, like, Van Halen. And, yeah, like, he's just, a rock and roll dad. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is a favorite Stone's movie dad, like, of rock and roll dads. Yeah, yes. I feel like it is. Um, yeah, so he, that wherever I have, like, pop culture from that, mm. those those decades, it's probably from him. Mm. Yeah. Which is funny, because it's not a rock and roll movie, but it has not a rock and roll energy. It does. Yeah. It has a certain, like... <laughs> Hey, check this out. <laughs> the boys are coming back to town. Oh, totally. <laughs> this is this is like a real seminal dudes rock type of movie before like Michael Bay. Yeah, you around, don't get a you know? deadpan low energy dudes rock. No. <laughs> dudes rock, but like unwillingly, I yeah, guess. And they're unaware of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> the point isn't that dudes rock necessarily. The dudes are just rocking. Yeah, they they're happen to rock. Yeah. And they're very oblivious to it. <laughs> Yeah, this whole movie's tagline is should be the boys are back in town. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, why? Why? What about you? Like, yeah, oh, well, when, when, how does anyone come across this I movie have anymore? No idea why I know about this movie. Like, I mean, it's a movie, so why? I mean, it's a wildly famous it? movie, but like, yeah. in that way where you're like, you might have, especially like kids growing up now. Like, it, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have come across it if my dad didn't. Like, it feels like a generational divide. I know movie. the reason I remembered. I saw it when okay. I was young. I don't remember why or when or anything oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Was it, it maybe was, just on TV? Probably. But the reason that it's stuck in my brain is because for, like, original um, Super Nintendo owners, the game Earthbound, there's the little band called the Runaway Five, <laughs> who are based on the Blues yes. Brothers band. They have the little pump-up, like, intro yeah. theme that's, Legally like, distinct from. As, as <laughs> barely changed as you would have to make it yeah. to be not sued. And, like, that, I remember putting that together of, like, wow, they're referencing that movie that I dimly remember existing. <laughs> Didn't I? Haven't I seen this somewhere? <laughs> yeah, so, like... A lot of threads going on there. That's the only thing I... And then I feel like I saw it for, like, a bargain been DVD oh, for yeah, like 100%. three bucks ten years ago and that's the one we watched a couple of days ago yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a movie everyone definitely has a five dollar copy of mm, probably yeah. like maybe you purged it in a move or something mm-hmm. but like at some point everyone has owned a, a literal like you stick your elbow in a bin of movies there's only the like three brothers. copies and we've all owned the same one yeah. it's going through a cycle <laughs> I'm a positive that's true <laughs> <laughs> I'm a positive I'm a positive uh, so let's talk about what's in this here there movie then um <laughs> oh for sure for sure get Which, a lot of that voice shout out dan Rackroyd's absolutely ridiculous charming accent canadian movie. by way of illinois yeah. accent <laughs> like you know he's he's understands what the accent is but when he's going in that direction it just kind of becomes very southern ontario it's its own dialect very Manitoba. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
He's he's cherry picked from a few places and just put together the perfect voice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense for like you know second city people. Like yeah. you're going to be talking to a lot of Chicago people. True. Yes, <laughs> all Toronto and Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, so, that's it's the pot, combo. the melting pot of two things. <laughs> uh, directed famously by John Landis. Uh, written boo, by etc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just gonna boo John Landis and get it out of the way. Yep, All right, yeah. gotta do that. Yep. Uh, if you're not sure why, look it up. I don't want to talk about it. Uh. <laughs> Direct, uh, written by John Landis and Dan Aykroyd. 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 <laughs> you know that that I don't know what game it's from, but uh, asteroids. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a baseball game for Nintendo or something that like oh. <laughs> gen- auto generated a bunch of like American names. That was not a generated. That was, that was uh, Japanese non English speakers being like these are probably American baseball names. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, yep. right, right. Like yeah, this sounds vaguely American. Anyway, betting for first base, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. <laughs> uh, starring of course John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, and then you got loads, it's just cameos out the wazoo. You got Carrie Fisher in there, Cab Calloway, James Brown, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, Henry Gibson as our Illinois Nazi, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Indeed. Uh, and I'll just say the what I consider to be musical cameos, because they're not like, you, obviously Aretha Franklin's doing a number. You've got people doing numbers in there. But uh, Elmer Bernstein <laughs> writes like, Maybe 16 measures of music and oh. uh, Henry Mancini, the Peter Gunn theme, which is their like cruising yes. theme. Cruising? Yeah, totally. That's in there. Yeah. Yep. There's a shit ton of music in this movie. <laughs> Just, yeah. There's music in them that are musical. <laughs> As it turns out. Um, but Bernstein's music is the like, the uh, church shot where uh, oh, yes. Belushi's getting imbued with the power of God. <laughs> Jesus is being like, hey, bud. Get your shit together. <laughs> That's Elmer Bernstein writing that. Nice, I think is nice. Very cute. What an odd choice to pull just like eight bars of Jesus hood. Well, we keep talking about uh, Elmer Bernstein keeps coming up, like doing mm-hmm. the music for Wild Wild West. See our recent Wild Wild West episode. <laughs> like we know him as the Western music writer guy. Yeah, but I know I I, I know intellectually that he is just a movie composer. Well, but... he's famous for being sketch comedy music composer. What the like fuck? Ghostbusters, okay. this Animal House. It's all he's known as the comedy orchestra guy i'm learning a new piece of information oh yeah no he he <laughs> like all of those huh. like sex comedy thing like he was yeah. the the like premier guy wow i don't get why <laughs> who who is like you know the guy from the magnificent seven yeah. i really feel like he could do animal house call I, up elmer yeah get elmy <laughs> cartoon name so uh, fair. famous with your fuds <laughs> yeah, it really is just Bernstein and Fudd, and that's it. Which it sounds like They're the cops. least effective detective agency. <laughs> the shittiest cops in the world. Uh, wow, okay. Well, good for him. He got fucking paid. Oh, yeah. I, I respect that. And he put in the work, so I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, in this here movie, the talking about that cold open, the, like, yeah. the flyover of all the factories and stuff. That's so good. It's, like, it's really... Why is it so spooky and haunted? It's... <laughs> I really feel like it's supposed to be, this town sucks ass. <laughs> like, and, and, you know... There is nothing good here, like... <laughs> no, I know you come from here, but, like, that opening, when I drove over the... <laughs> 
bridge into Hamilton, Ontario for the first time, I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? It's just smokestacks. The sky is blood red. Flames are belching from the factories that are just like on. This is Hamilton's waterfront. And that's what it feels like here is like this town has gone to seed a little bit. I keep saying town. It's Juliet. Like it's a city. But like. Yeah, you're on the outskirts. Like you're you're not in a nice like ah Chicago. Like we get there, but this is a city where you put all the shit you don't want to see from the city. Ah, you know the what detritus. I mean? Yeah, yes. these are these are real like margins type characters, <laughs> and they're all like trying to scrape out a living. And like you put your jail here because yep. you don't want to drive by it and look at it. Ew. You know? I legitimately thought the first time I watched this, I was like, wow, they shot this in Hamilton, Ontario. Like I it know. looks. So spooky, like that's where I was, that's where I grew up. So this is, gave me spooky, like, oh, this movie's about me. (laughs) Yeah, and we slowly make our way to the prison where Jake Blues is being released after serving three years. We get a cute little Frank Oz cameo, which is like, it's the grimiest I feel like Frank Oz ever is. (laughs) He has to hold up a used condom on screen, so yes, that's that's as gross as he's ever going to get. Yep. Uh, we meet Elwood, and we see the Bluesmobile, and yes, that that like opening of them hugging is real weird. It's it's weird, but it's also just like okay, I'm ready for this movie to start. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a good setup. I enjoy it. It is. It's got this like it, something about that is just like okay, here's a grounded into reality, deadpan, surreal. <laughs> brotherly love yeah it's a real like it's an introduction this movie takes 13 minutes to introduce its mate like and the 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 reveal i think there's a weird thing here where like the theatrical version Mm. doesn't show jake or elwood's face until the music hits like the actual needle drop but there is a scene like they shot it where jake is like they wake him up in the prison cell and you see his face. Like, the reveal is totally ruined, you know? Yeah, I know. I've, I've seen both the extended and theatrical now. Yeah. This time around is my first time seeing the theatrical. Sure. And the theatrical one's better? Like, I think. It's, <laughs> it's tighter, for sure. It's 20 minutes less, but it just feels like everything is more impactful and stuff. It yeah. feels a lot less like they let the riffing run mm. on, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the intro. I think it's it's a great establishing. Well, you remember it very well. <laughs> it's cemented into my brain. But yeah, I think it's such a good establishing thing of like, okay, mm. all right, let's see where this goes, you know? And just the family quiet of two brothers sitting in a car and not talking to each other after not seeing each other for three years. <laughs> I don't have brothers, so I can't speak to that. But yes, that does feel like... It's accurate. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Adorable. Uh, but the first thing Jake's got to do when he gets out of the slammer is to go and visit their Roman Catholic orphanage, uh, as he promised to do. So Elwood drags him there and we meet Sister Mary Stigmata. <laughs> Um, who, connecting to last week... Oh, damn it, I didn't write her name down. Um, she's the same... She's in Singing in the Rain. She's the oh, dialect yes. coach for Lena Lamont. Yes, the very, I want to like, say Kathleen Freeman is her name. I don't know. But um, yeah, the very, like, overdramatic, like, long vowels, <laughs> Lena. Like, that woman, yes. That's pretty good. She's very funny. Thank you. Yeah. So, she's in here, and... Kathleen she's, Freeman, yeah. Kathleen Freeman. Is that right? Kathleen Freeman? I think so. Yeah. Anyway. She uh, she's just a great character actor. Pops up in a lot of stuff. Yes. So pleasure to see her here. Um, <laughs> Always a treasure. <laughs> she gives us our premise <laughs> that they need five thousand uh, dollars to be paid in property taxes, or the orphanage that the Blues Brothers grew up in will be shut down. 
Gotta save the orphanage. Gotta, yeah, this is a real community center vibe. Um, and we get the addendum that, no, it's got to be clean money. None of your literally thieved money. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair, yep. I feel like. Uh, so they meet up with Curtis, the janitor that uh, taught them about how to live. They're just little carbon copies of him. I genuinely think he named them. Like, I think maybe they they had their own first names, but like that he's the reason their last name is Blues. The I got stupidest some name real in the- info for you later. <laughs> All right. We'll get there. All right. Little teaser for after the synopsis. Uh, but he tells him you got to go to church. <laughs> Basically, get yourself right. Get right. Um Played by Cab Calloway, which is... I didn't know who he was when I watched this movie oh, for the first time, for sure. sure. Yeah. I also probably didn't know who anybody in here was, except for Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin, yeah. I feel like, is the one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they go down there, and they see a person who I also obviously know who it is. James Brown is there. <laughs> and Shaka Khan's in the choir, and... Uh, yeah, that's right. We have our first big, big, huge musical number. Like, technical mm-hmm. musical number with dance and Dancing, stuff. Dancing, Cordell Griffin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot of fun. You get the... It's so peppy. Yeah. The thing that I, like, I don't know what you call this exact kind of comedy. Like, obviously we got the setup of Elwood Tall Skinny, uh, The Jake, perfect comedy small duo. Stout. Yep. yep. A one and a zero shape. Yeah. <laughs> Long favorite of this podcast. But then you have the guy who shouldn't be able to do backflips just doing backflips. And I mean, it wouldn't be funny if they tried to hide it but the fact that they make no effort to hide that it's clearly not pollution doing the flips <laughs> is what makes it funny to me i quite honestly and like i feel like maybe second city has a lot to do with this or like the physicality of big chubby dudes <laughs> i i think is just like the most powerful oh, comedy yeah. force in the world like these dudes could destroy you. But yeah, but Belushi is just like, he smokes how much a day and like he's constantly fucking drunk off his ass. Like he's never going to be able to, he's not, you know, <laughs> he's not doing those backflips. No, he is not. But it is funny where you're like, okay, we're cutting away to the stunt double. Nobody freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality breaking flips that the congregation is doing. It does. It's like so funny. You were saying the introduction sets us up perfectly. We're like, oh, I know this movie has nothing to do with reality. So yeah, just let him no, fly. No, <laughs> exactly. It's just like, okay, we're telling a story. And boy, are they. James Brown gets to dance a little, gets very sweaty. Uh, We get a special effect of Jake getting uh, absorbed into God's plan. Is it the only one in the movie? The only effect? Uh... Like, yeah, genuine, a like a visual, visual effect. effect. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Unless you count all the reprojection during the... Uh, <laughs> I do not. If okay. Hitchcock could do it, I do not. <laughs> uh, but Jake gets the idea that we're going to reform the band, save the orphanage with the money from gigs, and uh, any <laughs> self-respecting musician knows this is not a good plan. Uh, bad plan. <laughs> very bad plan. Panic gigs are not a good uh, <laughs> stable income source. No. Uh, so we get the, like, this is the getting the band together movie. Putting this the is band quintessential getting the band back together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they track down everybody. Uh, get some musical numbers by Franklin, like I said, Ray Charles, who makes a very funny cameo. Yeah, I like Ray. Yeah. That's great. That's a good time. I love the, like, the reality breaking stuff of Ray Charles sits down to play his piano and it's not plugged into anything. No, like they... no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's never any, like... Yeah. Some of it is very grounded, like the, you know, 
when the musical numbers hit, I feel like, like is when they just abandon the groundedness. Which, which is you fun. gotta. That's what a musical's all about. Exactly. Yeah. Which is fun. Like, this is such a funny one because the musicals don't exactly advance the plot. Like, the mm. lyrics aren't about the plot happening. No, and this is They're what I... They're just musical numbers. Like, when I think of a jukebox musical, this mm. is the type of thing I usually think of yeah. where it's like, here's a movie, and then we just jammed a few songs in there. Yeah. yeah. We, we made it so that it be, wouldn't be weird if someone did sing this song. Like, if, you know, all what is the like belief suspended uh suspension of disbelief disbelief suspended there you go (laughs) yes um yeah i I don't know if that's exactly the definition of a jukebox musical i've never been clear but But that's that's how i know i think of them sure to the point of whenever it's like uh like singing in the rain last week we were Mm. talking about how like i didn't know it was a jukebox musical for a long time because the songs fit the plot as opposed to exactly yeah a shoehorn yeah (laughs) Yeah, I was very surprised to hear those were not written for Singing in the Rain. Yeah. I knew the, the title song itself was like a thing, but yeah. Yeah, which, like, this fits much more. Like, this is one of those things that, when you know that the songs aren't for the whole thing. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter that the songs weren't written for this. But. Yeah. Uh, we get our... <laughs> speaking of panic gigs, the um, Bob's Country Bunker, where we get Rawhide and Stay By Your Man. Gig is so cool under pressure. I just, like, they're just, all of them are there in the car. <laughs> like, they've got two cars and they're just driving out into the countryside. And I he's think... like, yeah, I have a plan. I know where we're going. Just follow me. Like, sir. <laughs> God. Uh, doing that, like, the payphone call to try and... and... Try and, like, cook up some gigs, see who's still around. And I'm jumping all over the place with this because this is, it's like we were saying, this isn't really a plot per se. It's just a loose assemblage of things. Yes. But, uh, like, uh, Carrie Fisher shows up a few times and... Yes, they're being stalked by a mystery woman who is clearly trying to kill them. Yep. Uh, in Elwood's apartment and he, the payphone on the way to the gig, mm-hmm. which has real strong Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull refrigerator oh, the, yes, vibes. That's right. <laughs> I really, I know it's probably because we just watched this like fairly recently, but when the phone box falls out of the sky after being blown up mm. with them inside, I was like, oh, it's Bill and Ted are going to yeah. come out like this. <laughs> that's kind of how it felt. But <laughs> This is uh, the grounded reality version of Bill and Ted. <laughs> Can't believe that's so, yep, you're, you're actually right. Uh, yeah, so get that rawhide number cracks me up. That's good. <laughs> Jake so Cool great. under pressure, the like his <laughs> I don't know what emotions are happening to him when they're like <laughs> their first song is booed off and they just start doing rawhide and he's just silently He's just crossed arms <laughs> standing there stone fucking faced out into the audience <laughs> while bottles are flying at them, just he's not having it. I love it. He's so unhappy. <laughs> Is he unhappy? I, I can't think tell. he's unhappy. I think he doesn't want to do that fucking song. But that's why it's so funny to me because there is no way to read what's happening internally <laughs> for him. Yeah, he's just. I I think he he enjoys that there's a whip. He gets to yes. do the whip crack effect, and he's like, okay, fine. That's when you're like, okay, he is involved in this. He's yes. not just a bystander. <laughs> it's a good bit. Uh, but throughout this, I'm gonna call it like this. Feels like a slow montage, like it's an hour long yeah. montage of pulling the band together. Yeah, and um, like trying out various gigs with varying levels of success. And I didn't know this, but this is like this is literally the Blues Brothers band. This is I'll yeah. talk about this yeah. a little bit afterward. I didn't realize that this was like the band that played on SNL with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, sure is. it goes to explain why they're not trained actors. <laughs> 
some of them are better than others, and yes. those ones get the lines more often. Yes. Like, well, you know, the drummer, I feel like Murph and Mr. Fantastic are also fine. Yes. Um, yeah. Which all of those, those really silly, like Mr. Fantastic and Steve the Colonel Crowder or whatever his name is. Those, those are all their actual, like, stage names. Those yeah. are their show names. This is yeah. all these things I'm like... Oh my god! I so like, it. this is a very reality-breaking movie. If you think about it for too long, yeah, yeah, you you gotta apply a level of silliness to it. Through all this, we grow our enemies list. <laughs> yeah, they do not do well. It is just a it's a series of failures that yep. they're just driving as fast uh, as they can away from. That yep. really is the whole movie. Yep, yep. That we get the mall uh, chase. We get the police after them. We get the good old boys chasing them out of Bob's country bunker. We got the Nazis that they try to drown or also run over. Yay. Which everyone is very in favor of in the movie, yeah. so I don't see why they should be punished for that, <laughs> frankly. And always Carrie Fisher dogging them. <laughs> always in the background. Yeah. So they uh, realize they can't. Uh, really make any money by going to co- the various country bunkers around the country. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a plan, per se. So they booked the Palace Theater for one big show to raise the funds, and here's there's that community theater saving energy. Yes. This feels like where it was going the whole time, and mm. then they, like, not that it feels like padding, but the failed attempts beforehand are, are the padding, yes. you know, to get it to movie-like. Absolutely. Like, yeah, they're only not padding because it builds the enemy list really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that is, like, mm. oh, shit, like, it really all hinges on the, like, it's not just are they going to make the money for the, the orphanage, it's like, are they going to get shot <laughs> by the owner of a country or a Nazi or the police. Yep. Not that those are necessarily different. <laughs> that's a real, that's not or, that's and or. Yeah, slash. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the Palace Theater gig comes together. They steal a loudspeaker from like a local uh, park and tape it basically to the top of the I'm Blizzard worried deal. about that car the whole time. It looks <laughs> like it's going to collapse into itself. Uh, that's great. So they just drive around riffing into the microphone yeah. to get people out <laughs> and word of mouth works baby because they pack that theater uh not a lot going on in the like whatever suburb they're in yeah, yeah. Uh, upstate new york but they run out of gas so they're not gonna make it in time oh no <gasps> gasp so we got a vamp for time so we get minnie the moocher from cab calloway yeah the band has all made it and Sure enough, the lead singer is not there. Yeah. How many fucking gigs have you done where you're just sitting there, like you're getting paid so whatever, but like waiting for the main guy to show up? I personally, a lot. Yeah, just get real like <sighs> to the point of like you're no longer warmed up. Like I just no exactly yeah. What are we even doing? Okay, you guys? so like what I <laughs> I caught a specific bus for this. <laughs> I love the reality breaking of the curtain opening and the entire stage and all the costumes suddenly being different. And it's especially funny when we get the cut after the song after is the done song, and it cuts to their view, yeah. view behind the stage. They're all changed again. And they're all back in the black tuxedos. Because <laughs> you could explain it away by like, oh, before they opened the curtains, they all did the... Nope. I think it's honestly even funnier than that where Cab Calloway counts them in. He's like, two, three, oh, yeah, four. Right. He's wearing the black tuxedo and then he spins around and immediately the next bar is them in the white tuxedos. It's <laughs> very funny. I appreciate that gag a lot. Yeah. It is a good time. Good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good song. Sings along. The crowd fucking loves it. They the paid their... Eats that shit up. They paid their $2 for their one song. Yeah, 1980. <laughs> uh, but Jake and Elwood sneak past the cops and make it in, and Woo. they do their 
two numbers and we get the like it's one so, and a half numbers mm, yeah <laughs> it's very understated but i do love their uh i feel like this is from the sketches there the bit of elwood has um the briefcase yeah, what's this i can explain this okay. right so this was i had to check to make sure because i was like okay i think i understand what's going on it's supposed to be like oh the harmonica is like a weapon in his hands. Oh, like, it's so he has to, like, so get locked up so he can't use it all the time. And, like, it's the nuclear codes of R&B it's boys the nuclear friends. football. He's a CIA messenger, <laughs> like, that kind of thing. He and, like, is wearing, yeah, the black monkey suit. Okay, all right. So Jake has to, like, let him off the chain, and then that's when the show's so dorky. I love it. It's great. Yep. <laughs> Precious. Okay, all right. They got a good bit. They... Fair. You're yeah. unleashing the harmonica. And <laughs> unleashing the harmonica and Ackroyd's knees to just dance away. <laughs> He's a little spaghetti man. He is. Yeah. Just... I feel like every Canadian comedian is a spaghetti person. A uh, spaghetti We've person. we talked about Dave Foley being specifically this. It's a spaghetti person or a John Candy. Those are the mm, two, mm-hmm. like, big lovable guy or, like, made of string that you can throw around. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do there. Yes, they, they get offered a radio con- or a recording contract. Just get handed yep. a pile of money. This is fucking uh, Wayne's World has this exact same ending, I feel like. Oh, does it? It's, another, it's been so long since I... Another S- I feel like all SNL sketch comedy movies had to end with, and then they get a record contract. Yeah, and then someone famous sees them, and the guy is backstage. Another Clearly, like, I think this guy is who he says he is in real life, right? Because he's... Not really an actor who's And good. what makes you say that? that. <laughs> the incredibly stilted delivery. Huh. I think he accidentally steps on one of their lines even at one point. Like, it's just not, you know. <laughs> he has the energy of someone who's trying not to look in the camera, yes. Totally, yes. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, they, great. They take it. They take the money and run. Yes. I love that they did, like, they made the money from the gig, but then they also got handed just a free briefcase of cash. Yeah, so I guess, good are they them. just, like, splitting the door? Like, the, ba- the money the goes band to the band? Gets it, yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah. You've got 12 people to pay, yes. Uh, and then we get the thing that we all came out to see, a ridiculous car chase. <laughs> Every single police car that was not actively on duty used in this movie. Yep, and we uh, we avoid all those, well, yeah, all the police cars getting smashed up. Um, we get the Nazi chase, which is, uh, the <laughs> it just ups a level for... Gravity defying makes zero sense. That is some of the funniest, like, trying to, like, they made it into the city. The cops are, like, still technically on them, but Mm. the the Nazis have spotted them. And they, like, managed to get past them by reversing real suddenly, and the car tips over backwards, but suddenly is flying 50 (laughs) feet in the air. It just, it really is that, like, don't worry about it. It's fun. It's a very funny bit. I love it so much. We get the French Connection style under the, under the what the hell's that thing called? It's in Dark Knight. And yeah, the it's you know Wacker Drive. Yeah, Wacker. If, yeah, I don't live there. Wacker. Fucking National Guard and SWAT teams get in there. And here's the thing: I didn't realize how much this movie had infected me. Of, I have the like the SWAT teams like hut 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 yeah. hut thing that they're doing as they're running. I do that all the time, and I didn't I know, know what it was do. from. <laughs> I always assumed you did know where it was from. I mean, I don't know if it's, like, from this. I am sure it was. because It's the only thing I can remember seeing it in. I know that I saw this when I was, like, single-digit age. Right, okay. So... It just got real in there. It became a... Yeah, it's in the firmament of my brain. (laughs) It's a good bit. They're very serious about it. Yes. Like, every movie ends, you run into Steven Spielberg and you cut him a check. Yeah. (laughs) 
that's how every movie begins. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Yes. Very young Steven Spielberg in the uh, the county office that they Eating get. The yep. They pay off the tax bill and then they Just go in to prison. Time. Yeah. <laughs> we end as we begun behind locked doors. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. And jailhouse rock for the inmates, and I guess the band goes to jail too. Is that, that seems unnecessary. <laughs> they are accessories at best. At like, at you know, that's their biggest crime is like they happened to be around they had an awful lawyer i'm betting <laughs> i feel like there's a lot of potential for a civil suit mm. like for the band to sue the shit out of jake and Alex. yeah shouldn't be in jail Man, it's so funny it is such a like wildly open-ended movie where it feels like nothing really happens but there are like there are so 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 many cameos like i didn't mention john yeah. candy being in there oh yeah i mean like a shit ton of musicians, musicians are in yeah. it and, yeah yeah I know. It's just, it's a jam-packed movie, but it doesn't feel like it. No. Which is, which is an interesting balance to strike. <laughs> uh, so I just want to get this out of the way. Of course, there is an injury and destruction roundup. Oh. Because. <laughs> Very good. Famously, this movie held the record for the most cars destroyed in the course of a Woo! single production uh, for 18 years until oh. uh, the sequel literally one-upped it with. So the car destruction <laughs> uh, count in this is 103 cars smashed. Wow. And it's 104 and like, in Blues Brothers. <laughs> because you know they just had to tick that box. Yep. So is that like 103 cars we see on screen get ruined? Or like actually at the end of production they had to haul away 103 cars? It's more the first one because okay. when they... T- I like this for a little like, oh, they probably just broke down in the script. The Bluesmobile at the top when Elwood's like, I got this for a steal at a, at a yes. cop auction. That's how they got all these cop cars. Because <laughs> uh, they weren't going to be allowed to just smash as many cop cars as they wanted. <laughs> Why not? So they bought uh, 60 great. police cars at $400 each. Oh. Uh, and there were like... I think 15 of them were various Bluesmobiles. Okay, uh, sure. And the rest were, like, used for this chase. Yeah. Um, and most, uh. m- almost all of them were 100% totaled by the end. They had 40 stunt drivers for the entire production. Okay. And they crew, when they were doing the car chase stuff, they had a crew of a 24-hour body shop. Like, they would bring oh. in smashed cars, fix them back up just oh. to, mash, to <laughs> smash them again. They just have to be shells that move. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a job creator. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And I will say, like, my, my sister bought her first car at a cop auction. Like, it was oh, a I cop didn't know that. Yeah, and it was a piece of shit. Like, of course they're it was. bad cars. Like, they all, I don't know. They are not good. Like, it made a weird noise in the winter, and, like, the back doors, because of the, the, you shouldn't be able to get out of the back of a cop car. Like, they don't. Oh, so know. it was a cop car. Yeah, it was not a like, cop car. Not like a drug dealer's car where no, there's still cocaine no, 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 no. in the padding. No, it was it was a car that the cops used to drive around on duty. And, like, you couldn't quite, like, the locks in the back weren't good because <laughs> they had been, like, just installed after. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, yeah, they are trash cars. So I'm surprised they even paid $400 for a car. Like, I think that might be what my sister paid in the 21st century. Uh, that's funny. That's great. Just recycle that. Give them one last shot of glory. All right. <laughs> And I know, weird, this is just such a weird, I know I saw this so early in my life because I know that this is the movie that made me go like, oh, I wonder what the relationship between miles per hour and kilometers per hour is. Because we cut the speedometer so much, and I'm like, uh, yeah. 150 kilometers an hour isn't that fast. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's miles per hour, which means, and then you do the math brain gif with all the formulas appearing, like, very fast. So fast. <laughs> That's math, baby. Yes, it is. 
That's yeah. funny. What a weird learning to get out of this <laughs> comedy sketch movie. Yeah, it's uh, it really made me a man. <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, and I skipped over, of course, we get the... I didn't mention Carrie Fisher. She's in it so briefly, oh, but yeah, so powerfully. Right. Mm, as always, yes. Yeah, yeah. she's just a, a jilted ex-lover. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We get closure in the sense that we now understand what's going on. Which is so funny to me. I love that Carrie Fisher's in the two movies she's in in 1980 are this and The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so funny to me. <laughs> you know she just wanted to, like, get high and hang out on a fun set. After, yes. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, she was buddies with all the SNL people, sure, so this sure. was very much like, hey, want to hang out? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, what a year. Yeah. Nice round number. Sure. <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to talk about, because, like I said, I, I knew so little about this movie. I didn't know this was based on anything when I saw it. Mm, sure. And yeah. I feel like anybody that's seeing this now probably doesn't know that it's based on anything, because that's just such a weird... Could be, yeah. It is this weird little... Uh, I keep going back to our Wild Wild West episode being like, this is the year 1999 summed up. This is the year 1980 summed up, where it's mm. like excess, like absurd excess of, of like just throwing so much money and drugs at everything. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's based on a, like a one-hit wondery type thing that they're like, let's monetize this as fast yeah, as possible. Yeah, let's get a franchise going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very 80s guy energy to be making those decisions. And one of the first movies that, like, they tried to do Blues Brothers 2000, the Oof. sequel, and boy, like, I've never seen it, and I'm scared to watch it. <laughs> it's, by all accounts, it is, Awful. like, grotesque. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that I tried to watch it at some point, and it was literally so boring and dumb that i i either fell asleep or like went to do something else like it's just not even doesn't even need to exist don't even realize that you're doing something else you're like oh my yeah. god but i got when hypnotized by this movie state yeah <laughs> so yeah not a good idea yeah so there's a kid in it i feel like if you have to add a oh kid, no there's like oh is it gonna be like is it doing like a ghostbusters afterlife generation. i have no idea <laughs> genuinely i know i have watched part of it but no piece of it sticks in my brain i just know there's a kid on the poster if it was made today there'd be like a hologram john belushi in it <laughs> oh passing his hat down to oh my god yes no for sure a kid would like i don't know maybe i'm describing ghostbusters afterlife to, i don't know but like he a kid would find like john belushi's hat in the attic or something yeah you know what i mean yeah dust off these sunglasses <sighs> find a locked briefcase and jimmy it yes, up and exactly. there's a harmonica inside <laughs> meaningful uh, shot of a harmonica so, so i just wanted to talk about the journey from the blues brothers starting to this please movie. explain this because it's so weird like even reading about it it doesn't make any sense <laughs> nothing did back then it's yeah fine. cocaine is a hell of a drug mm-hmm. uh so the actual blues brothers band is the band of this movie like i talked about and yeah. it's all from snl which i've already talked about and i didn't realize like when i talk when i read about this the first time i was like oh it was probably a, like you know they do you know a sketch a year over six years and then, then they bring the movie together like no that's not how it happened it was uh i think 76 was the first Blues Brothers thing, and then the next thing was 1978. Like, there oh, was wow, okay. so little done on this. Okay. Um, it wasn't like a breakout hit sketch or anything like no, that? No. Okay. It, yeah. Like, it was a joke about people thinking how bad the sketch was. Like, Howard Shore named them the Blues Brothers. Howard Shore, who was the band leader oh, right, at the time. Oh, right, yes, yeah. Because he thought it was the dumbest name a blues band could have. <laughs> like, he was like, this was making fun of 
okay. these two characters. Is it like making fun of like white boys doing blues or yes. like is that okay? Is that the joke? Okay. Yeah, it's about like here's here's some tryhard wieners that like they are so oblivious that they don't know how goony and stupid they look. Okay. Like that was kind of the core conceit of like they're dressing like it was thirty years ago. Like these are all people. Oh, moved. okay. I like pork like, pie hats and shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, okay. the same way people make fun of ska people today. Oh. Uh, I'm just saying, stating the fact. <laughs> Sorry, it just wounded me emotionally. We all know for a it. Second. I'm sorry if this. <laughs> I was like able to buy my own albums with my own money, right? As ska was huge, oh. so it's very or like not ska exactly, but that very like you know less than Jake, like very specific, than... simple plan. Don't say it. <laughs> Jake Blues. Less than Jake Blues. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jake. Okay, all right. That makes a lot more sense to me. Yes. Where it's like. What decade are you from? Yeah. Like, you fucking throwback weirdos. It's supposed to be a throwback. They don't get what they're doing is very cringe. Okay. Thing. Um, okay. But adding to it is that, like, Aykroyd is, was a blues musician. He's a music guy, yeah. yeah like, he's that's, a car and music guy. This is his perfect niche. Yeah, he's a car improv and music guy. That's, like, what he did... Oh. Our local boy Dan Aykroyd, like, yeah. that's what he did Shout to out. make his way through university. Is he was a gigging musician? Nice. <laughs> like, did he sing? He's like no, an okay he played, singer. He he just played like guitar and harmonica. Oh, okay. Like he's right. just a like. He admits to being not very good at anything, but he can just. It's the improver. You can just sit in a bar and like have a yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And there was the oh fuck. What's the word for owl in French again? Hibou. Yeah. Uh, the, that was his like blues bar that he oh, okay. would go to like every night and play blues in and eventually I think like kind of owned it and <laughs> okay. but it's like near Carleton University that he went to oh, and that's cute. that was the hangout place after class amazing so like he is he is the awkward cringy blues guy oh, like that God. character is him knees and all <laughs> Nobby knees. Brave of him to just be like, yeah, I'll be in a sketch that sh- the point of it is how dumb this kid is. Yeah. So, like, the Blues Brothers happens in 1976, okay. and then they, like, ju- Belushi is like, oh, what is this blues you speak of? And Dan Aykroyd's like, it's pretty neat. Look. And then they just became a blues band. Oh like, they God. were a real touring blues band. I, I know this because, I, yeah, <laughs> didn't they open for the Grateful Dead at some point? Yep. They opened for Steve Martin as well, where yeah, they recorded right. their album. Right, um, yeah. Which was in 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their first album is called A Briefcase Full of Blues. That's so right. that's the... You don't need to tell me. I own that album. Oh, my God, you did? <laughs> oh, I was so into this movie. Oh, God, I don't yes. think I ever knew this about Oh, this is a very awkward part of my life because I was just like, this is awesome! Like, this was really the first, <laughs> you know, like... There are so many amazing R&B musicians in the movie alone that I was like, what is this? And I like, listeners, I checked out these albums from my local library. Like I was, I was the only 13 year old white girl renting John Lee Hooker albums from the library. I guarantee you that in my fucking suburb. Not in a cool way into like, have you guys heard of this blues music? So, oh yes, my God. I'm well aware. 
So you mentioned John Lee Hooker. That's what these like the look and aesthetic and sure. attitude of the stage sure. act is. It's yeah. supposed to be John Lee Hooker. That's what's going on here. But like he's very cool <laughs> in a way where it's like this isn't for the stage. This is just how he grew up and what his music is. Yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> I'm learning so much about you. This oh, is great. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. I am a huge fan. Um, so you probably know this. I didn't know this. The thing that sets up the like the Blues Brothers lore is the liner notes to their album. I don't know this. If, I don't know about the Blues Brothers specifically, really. Yeah. So just, like, okay. The SNL sketches—they are just sketches. There, there's right. no backstory. No back so like, okay. most people coming into this movie maybe saw one of the sketches, or sure. they've seen a John Belushi movie, and okay. that's why they're coming. So like, this is. <laughs> I, it makes me feel better coming into this not knowing a single thing about, like, when I watched it for the first time, like I said, didn't know that they were from SNL. So it is yeah. it is designed to be like, hey, check out this weird thing. Like, it's... Okay, all right. It's not... It's, it's a standalone for all intents and purposes. Yes. Okay. But the liner notes state that they grew up in a Roman Catholic orphanage in Rock Island, Illinois. Okay. And learned the blues from a janitor named Curtis, who... Okay, okay. ...would later be played by Kev Kevin. <laughs> uh, they are not related. Their blood brotherhood was sealed by cutting their middle fingers with a string said to come from the guitar of the very Elmore James. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking nerds. So this album goes uh-huh. double platinum. Uh, what were we doing? Uh, Good for them. 78 is the same year as Animal House came out. So mm. John Belushi is one of the only people to be the star of the number one grossing movie, the number one rated TV show, and the highest grossing album the same weekend and same year. Oh my god. Which is insane. No wonder he did a shit ton yeah. of drugs. I would too. I'd be like, this can't be my life. This no, is bananas. I gotta step away from reality. Yep. Please. <laughs> no human brain is meant to absorb this. So the reason that this movie gets made is it's nineteen. It's the end of 1978 and Universal Pictures is like, we gotta exploit some stuff to make some money. Hey, everybody loves John Belushi. Let's do anything he wants. Oh, interesting. So this was meant to be just the John Belushi show? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's why John Belushi doesn't do anything behind the camera it was kind of like we'll right. just have him in front of the camera we'll do what he says and John Belushi's like hey Dan Aykroyd do you want to write me a movie and he's like I've never <laughs> run a screenplay before how hard can it be very hard Daniel so he hangs out in the Ibu uh, bar in Ottawa and uh, writes screenplay isn't the right word because a screenplay is roughly like 80 to 100 pages sure he writes a 324 <gasps> page free verse uh, oh my God. <laughs> like not no new paragraphs. It's just a. <laughs> what concoction of drugs was he on at the time? Uh, and he like. <laughs> I, Jesus God. I don't know how you how cocky you have to be to do this, but he writes this fucking thing. He knows that it's this is the dumbest thing a person can do is write a screen. Like he knows that screenplays are supposed to be short. So, okay. But he's like, I'm not editing this. I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm editing I'm this. I'm just going to vomit this onto... Okay. So he got the cover of a Los Angeles's, uh, Los Angeles Yellow Pages directory, okay. ripped it off the phone book, put it on his tome, and then took like a marker and wrote on it, uh, written by Scriptatron, the Scriptatron GL9000, <laughs> with his name, like he wrote down, by Dan Aykroyd, crossed it out, and then Scriptatron GL9000. What the fuck? And handed it in. He's like, "There you go. Have fun. Like I'm done. I'm what not doing any more." What are you doing, buddy? 
you know this the comedy isn't meant to be the act of writing the screenplay. <laughs> so this was over okay. six months that he wrote this. He was supposed to when they approached them about it, he was like, Oh, it's done already. So let's sign the contracts and I'll hand it over. And over six months he's going like, Yeah, yeah, I got it for you. And then he hands in this fucking thing. <laughs> and so I, Universal was just like, Okay. What the fuck is this? So they're like, uh, let's just get John Landis to fix it. <laughs> Maybe someone also didn't like John Landis, and they were like, give it to, <laughs> give it to this asshole. Yes, I can see <laughs> You that. have to wade through 300 fucking pages. Sorry, when you said, like, you know, sc- like, screenplays are meant to be... 80 th- yeah, th- yeah, to 100 pages. I thought he was going to hand them four pages. <laughs> oh, and be opposite. like, the car explodes. They get the band back together. <laughs> The gig goes well. Steven Spielberg question mark? <laughs> no, like his free verse is like see. they the like what like a blow by blow account? Yeah, of like, like okay, and then right. Jacob approaches Elwood coming out of the jail. The scenery falls away, and there's just a white uh, light in the background, okay. and they hug, and the music comes up. It just being like that's oh not. Oh my god! What the hell like, is this? I guess it's a reason you go to school for these things. Okay. Yeah. So like obviously edits and stuff get made, but like all the weird surreal shit like. Elwood only eating dry toast. That's in there. One of the absolute... It's all the very small, funny bits that I really enjoy. One of the funniest fucking things in the movie is where they go to raise to, like, rent their instruments. And everyone's kind of, like, twink, 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 like, you know, checking out the pianos and, like, oh, the sax looks cool, whatever, and Elwood kind of sidles up to the counter and there's a toaster there for some reason and he just reaches into his jacket pocket and pulls out a slice of bread real slow and just, like, side-eyed, just like puts it in the toaster. I love it. You so. know he wrote that into the. Oh yeah, that's a Dan Aykroyd original for yes. sure. Mwah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Okay. So funny. So he hands that in. John Landis edits it down to like an eighty-page thing. Okay. But that's why it like it's the ori- two hours. The original running time of this movie is two hours and forty minutes. Yeah. Right. And then there's like the extended edition that comes out to like two and a half and then the theatrical version is like two ten or something yeah. but that's why because they all this was was hacking oh, away stuff God. which is why there's so many things that happen without explanation because it's just okay we just <laughs> excised that from the script and treated it like it was normal it's pretty funny yeah it's very funny it ends up very funny but yeah god damn yeah i oh, it's, it's just absolutely kills me that he he knows that what he's doing is the dumbest thing like you have to figure they're so famous that they're like i'll let's see if i can get away with this yeah you don't need this is you don't need the money behavior yeah for sure this is i grew up in comedy and i don't need the money yes um would it surprise you to know that there is a tie-in novel i yes it would it's called bruise oh my god i can't talk blues brothers colon private Okay. Yeah, and it's, I don't, I couldn't find any specifics on it, other than it's written by Judith Jacqueline, who is uh, John Belushi's wife. Oh, okay. And uh, Tino Insana, well, one more time, Tino Insana, who is a Second City friend and alumni of oh, okay. everybody. Sure, sure. And it's it's just taking the 324-page tome and, like, using it to make jokes and stuff. Okay. But that's where, that's where you learn things like Jake Blues' real name. Uh, he was born Jacob Papa George, son of Artesia Papa George, a woman who's in prison for murdering her husband, who dies giving birth to Jake, insisting he be named Jake. Which, this is the plot of the movie Lady Snowblood, if you have not seen it. Yes, it is! (laughs) 
And then Elwood, uh, as a baby, Elwood Blues was abandoned at a newspaper stand. He was initially named after Mike Delaney, who's the investigating patrolman who found him. And I think Elwood is either like the name of the newspaper he's wrapped in or the street it's on. Oh, sure, sure. Um, okay. So that's where his name comes about. And they grew up in their orphanage together. And yes, Curtis is the one who like names them the Blues Brothers and like through their blood bond, they are just like, yeah, we're brothers now. Okay. All right. You'll look out for each other, etc. And we get uh, so weird. Carrie Fisher's name, her character's name. Oh, all right. Which is... In unpronounceable. <laughs> it's Camille. Camille is her first name. Okay. And I'm just going to spell. You're doing great so far. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I am. I'm going to spell her last name for you. Okay. Z T D E T E L I K. Z T E D. Stedelic? Stedelic. Seems over the top, but all right. Okay. So check out that book for other... <laughs> fun facts. <laughs> Blues Brothers fun facts. And are these all, like, taken from from the liner notes? Or, like, you know, general, like... Uh... No, like, the liner notes are what I said earlier. Yeah. It, like, okay. that's all. It oh, just says okay. that, like, they became blood brothers and Curtis is their, okay. like, okay. godfather, basically. Right. And this stuff. Like, that. that's it. And then... <laughs> Fucking Dan Aykroyd sat down in a bar and wrote a 324-page free verse poem oh. <laughs> to describe the Blues Brothers. Prose. That is really weird. Which is exactly how the Blues Brothers themselves would likely write about their lives. That is probably true. Yeah. It feels like something like you're like, is this true, though? And he'll be like, yes. Sure. Definitely. You'll never totally know. Uh, what a bunch of weirdos. So that's that's what I got on, on Blues Brothers. Just a little... I didn't know most of this stuff, and I, I, I love this movie as a just, like... Yeah. It's just a goof, it's, but it, it really is, like... <laughs> you. No one... Was anyone asking for, like, but I need to know, like, are they really brothers? You know what I mean? That, that's the, the, Were like, we taking it seriously? I, I think like, I... <laughs> Cinema sins hadn't been invented like shitty, you know. Well, actually, guys, like, <laughs> that's why I'm so fascinated with it. Nobody wants this. <laughs> Nobody is <laughs> clamoring for Blues Brothers I, lore. <laughs> I'm gonna need to know how they met, or it will not make sense to me. Yeah, you need to know the deep lore yeah. of the Blues Brothers to know that. Yeah. Oh my god. It really enhances the movie to know that they're not blood brothers. They're just blood brothers. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Capital B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, it's very funny. Good for them. So that's all I got on, on the history here. because This all is right. one of those things of, like, there is so much... They were such a weird phenomenon from, like, 1978 to 1981. Yeah. And, like, the band and then continued no other time. to tour. It, like, right, was still right, right. touring forever. I didn't... I didn't uh, knew that. <laughs> I knew it. Um, and, like, they replaced the band members and just kept the band touring. It's so odd. Yeah. really feels like a legacy enjoyment thing where you're like, I can technically say I went to a Blues Brothers yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Very funny. I, I went to, oh, what did I go to see? Super Tramp is what I went to see, but like two of the original members were still around. You know what I mean? <gasps> so I was like, yeah, technically I've seen Super Tramp, but like, <laughs> I don't know that it counts. No, it, it counts. It's Going fine. back, that's a very rock and roll dad thing, I feel like, where you have, like, the one or two front men remain, and then right. you get, like, young musicians in to do the heavy yeah. lifting, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what happened when Belushi died? Did they stop? Well, I don't think a lot of the touring wasn't 
um, after the like the initial blow of everything, yeah. it was no longer Dan Aykroyd and oh, okay. it would be like, oh, maybe they'd come and play a couple songs, but they'd have different front guys and mm. people started subbing in and out almost immediately. Okay. So it did become this weird hodgepodge of <laughs> you never quite know what you're going to get. Like you'll show up and be like, ooh, I got to see the original uh, rhythm guitarist. Right. And- sure, sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> What a, what a guy a... playing on Dan Aykroyd's harmonica. Oh, like yes, for sure. Like, they're doing the Blues Brothers show, yeah. but they're not the Blues Brothers. Okay, all right. <laughs> Deeply weird little legacy project, but yeah. yeah, get paid however you can. Such an odd spot in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. No, you're right, though. Like, coming out of the 70s and just being like, what can we squeeze money out of? <laughs> that feels exactly right. And someone was just clever enough to be like, Give it to me. I'll write you an insanely long screenplay, and we'll have fun. Yep. And they did. And they did. (laughs) Dear listener. Uh, So we talked about some musical questions last week, Mm. and I'm here to bring up the topic again. Yes. So let's talk about what's your uh, favorite musical number in this uh, little bit? My favorite musical number is one that's done for comedy purposes. I feel like the earnest ones are really fun and they're Mm. enjoyable and everything, but the one that always really gets me is when they're at the Country Bunker, and they have done their one, you know, they've tried their (laughs) rhythm and blues bit, doesn't go over well. They do rawhide, goes over fucking gangbusters. So they have to just keep pulling, like, country western type songs out of the arsenal, and they go with Stand By Your Man. It's so good. The very first line, just like, sometimes it's hard to be a woman. And they're both singing in a range that's like not great for them. Nope. It's all very funny. The The horn section has to sing along with them. This is what, like, yes. musician, fun musician joke there, which is they introduce it by saying this is a favorite of the horn section. And yeah. for a musician, that's that they don't have to play. They don't have to play it, yeah. When they say it's a favorite, it means I can fucking rest my face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just very funny. Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, that's my favorite number for sure because it just hits this perfect tone of like, they are desperate guys and they just have to get through this gig. <laughs> yep. So they just just chin up and do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say rawhide. I thought that's what you were going for. <laughs> rawhide is they are doing they're they're killing rawhide. Yes. Like they're doing great. This is a real like oh no. The second option we have is so far on the letter below Rahide, but we gotta pull it out anyway. So I like that one the best. Nice. And they've got this little like choreographed dance yeah. that they did. <laughs> like little hand signals, that's all you got that's for great. the stage show. <laughs> so that's mine. It really enhances the experience. It's, yes, yeah. exactly. What about you? Well, me, my I'm choosing mine for just nostalgia because it's the thing that like I remember it's the number that I remembered more than any mm. of the others. Okay. Um the, the honorable mention for this goes to, I suddenly blanked on the name, but when Maria Charles' song, like that's, that's oh, sure, my yeah. number two, because yeah. that's like big number, big dance number. It's yes. very fun. It's a fun one. But uh, the Mini the Moocher, I didn't know this was a song oh. before it. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I was a, a young fool. Oh, you fool. So I just, I love the reality breaking costume set change. I love. It's a fun number. Yeah. Cab Calloway is very charismatic. It's just like a good ass time. I feel like the second you see Cab Calloway on screen, you know, like if you know who that is, you're like, I can't wait for Minnie the Moocher. Like, you know it's coming. And now I know that, but this is the movie that made me realize that. There you go. (laughs) The movie that has Minnie the Moocher in it. (laughs) Are there others? Listeners, please, if you know. 
I want to know. Uh, but yeah, like this is I heard this song for the first time in this movie, so like totally that was a big. Fair. I we have very opposite experiences where you were a blues teen. <laughs> Please don't uh, tell, don't say those words together. I love that you were a blues teen. <laughs> Shut the fuck. Up. Yeah, I I played bass as a teenager. Like this is you know jazz. That bass. does make sense. I had I had to get that from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, what what musical number do you think you could pull off? Mm. And I will accept like if you want to be a band member for it, if you know what like <laughs> position you're gonna have. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. All of the bass parts are either just like so easy or extremely like critical so i yes. don't think i i want to play the bass parts just you don't want to have to smoke that pipe while you're doing it <laughs> i want to but oh, not, I, I wouldn't be able to pull it off i i'm not i don't play electric i'm not good at that and i feel like it really needs that touch for most of them yeah you need the actual electric technique as yes. opposed to how we were taught which we learned upright bass and like hey pick up an electric bass you yeah. figure it out what are these knobs for <laughs> i don't think i can do this take um, my knobs please <laughs> So what I think I can do is a backup dancer for Aretha Franklin, remember? Yeah. Because you just sort of have to, like, bop behind her and just walk where she walks. And Be I think I can sassy. do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, wag your finger at Mad Guitar Murphy. Which I could do. I could, I could pull that off. Yeah. You step up and wag a finger. Yeah. <laughs> it's the extent of my dancing technique. And nice. you? Well, I'm going with a really ambitious choice. Again, this is more of a, like, I would work it to step into the shoes of Rawhide. Okay. Yeah. I want to be either the whipcracker or I Elwood's having a good time with the spoken word. Yeah, yeah. so you don't really have to have, like, singing chops, but you no. could do the deep voice portion. I feel like I've got the same range as an Aykroyd. Yeah. So I can step an in there and have that, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good stuff. That's what we, and I, I just want to crack the whip. We all just want to crack the whip. <laughs> Though I know if it were me, uh, I would lacerations all over my oh, body. Oh, yeah. By the the end injury of it. and destruction roundup would be <laughs> a lot longer. Those are so dangerous. Oh, my God. It's yes. always so bananas to me that we let people do this in movies. Like, John Landis was allowed to supervise someone cracking a whip? <laughs> this was before. Right. Oh, that's the, before. Okay. <laughs> the trouble. Mm, <laughs> the trouble. Um. There's a reason I think that the crack of the bullwhip is not pictured. It's just he kind of like wields it off camera. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably a Foley. Yep. Okay, I respect that. In fact, I guarantee. <laughs> Let's be honest. So this feels like an easy answer, and I'm curious what your answer is going to be for the favorite outfit in here. This is much oh. less of a big Technicolor extravaganza yeah. thing where you were like, ooh, the costumes and stuff, but there, yeah. are, there are some looks in this. It was coming directly out of the 70s, so yes, there were yeah. some looks. I really like how bad the Murph and the Magic Tones outfits oh, look. Oh, yeah, I really, Yeah. Yeah, the like ruffles and Oof. pastel, like baby blue suits, you know? I really like those. Those are those are a big fave for me. Nice. The the runner up would have to be um ah uh, no see I'm no I'm You're not gonna it's fine it's okay. fine yeah <laughs> I was gonna say John Candy's suit because it's just such a like late seventies look for him yes, like a is. a plaid jacket suit combo yeah 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 stripes on the shirt plaid on the jacket yeah yeah, yeah. we had too many patterns in the seventies oh my god we were very <laughs> into the patterns yeah yeah nice okay. Well, for my sake, I, like, obviously, the Blues Brothers, they, got, they have a look about them, those Blues Brothers. But the <laughs> yeah. thing that I love is the Cab Calloway <laughs> yeah, yeah. number. Like, those white tuxes are... Sharp. Yep. Yeah. 
Looking great. Glitzy. It's the cleanest anyone looks in the movie. Yeah, and that's sure. how you know it's not real. <laughs> Everyone is mass hallucinating <laughs> this number for sure. It's the effect Cam Calloway. He's a hypnotist. I don't think he knew that. Are you serious? No. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I was so ready to believe it. <laughs> it's a little reference to Cam Calloway's hypnotism routine. <laughs> As we all know, I think we're going to have to do a roundup of, like, things you made me think were true, <laughs> like, at the end of the season At least I don't leave you thinking that they're yes, true. Yes, thank you, yes, yeah. Because I know you'll you ask the follow-up. Che- <laughs> <laughs> Live fact check of myself. Uh, yeah. Great. And finally, what's your recast looking like here? I feel like ours are both going to be just, like, throwing shit at a wall, because this is such yeah. an odd... Like, the reason this movie exists is because of the main cast? Yes. No, There, it would be... Like, literally, it doesn't make sense to have a different cast. It's not... And yet, we're trying big. our best here. We're bringing our A game, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. I have two options oh. for us, to be honest here. I, I really... I was like, okay, what? who would be, like, funny in this role? Mm. Like, you know, Elwood is the kind of gangly like weird one mm-hmm. I was like Jake Johnson would be really funny at this like just okay, selling yeah. real like reaction shot type character or like yeah. real deadpan ability it's hard I feel like a, the there isn't in terms of like movie star comedians mm. deadpan is not in right now I feel like so it's hard not to not so much yeah like yeah. I feel like you don't that weird combination of so much energy but oblivious deadpanedness is yeah. like a hard box to check and he's got like dan Aykroyd. it would be hard to beat in in this yeah. role because like when it the the line reading that always really sticks with me is when they're driving like the cops first pull them over and they're trying to like get mm. away from the cops because they fucking ran a red light or whatever <laughs> they're going through they're about to crash into the mall and there's doing like they're leading the cops through this parking lot trying to get away mm. And Jake is not having it. He's like, Elwood, you get us the fuck out of this parking lot. And he looks over and he's like, you want it out of this parking lot? Okay. And he just drives directly through the mall windows. That line is so funny to me. He just looks over and he's like, fuck it. Like, that's a perfect fuck it reaction without doing a lot. Yeah. Very controlled. Yes. He's got it down. So I think it would be, I think he'd be hard to beat, but I feel like Jake Johnson could pull it off. Who you put opposite him, I was thinking Matt Berry for um, for Jake. He's just like a real pit bull of a guy, like just real aggressive and, and can do the funny physical big guy stuff. It would have to be kind of against type for Matt Berry because he's so big always. And I, I tend to he, think of these two He plays it huge, yeah. Yeah, being like internal characters. Yes. Yeah. So for that reason, I was like, these are my these are my best guesses. But as a pair, I'm going to take the easy way out here mm. and I'm going to do um, Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, <laughs> We've of got course. like a slightly stouter one, slightly skinnier one. They're, they're musicians. Yeah. They... You can't tell if they hate each other or not. Like, the, the <laughs> stage bit is that they might hate each other. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Like, it's got that familial thing, though, where yeah, you're like, oh, exactly. even if they do hate each other, they're always going to be together. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm going with that. Nice. They've got the comedy deadpan chops to pull Absolutely it off. Absolutely, they do. That would yes. be a real, like, if they announced that, people would be like, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Totally, if, yeah. If anybody's going to pull it off, they will. Like, it wouldn't yes. be surprising. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, who's just the funniest, like, wildly famous cameo? we could get for the mystery woman mm. I was like Lupita Nyong'o fuck it oh yeah that, that would be great just like someone who's like so out of their league for you know <laughs> I think she'd be funny she could pull off a like jilted lover type of thing but she's also like sensitive vulnerable yeah. you know I like that there you go fuck it why not 
I that had not come anywhere near my mind, and I love that just for because I was trying to think specifically of like you're trying to find somebody who is. When I think of Carrie Fisher, I tend to think of it very tiny, like the sure, most sure. physically not imposing person in the world, but with the most physically imposing attitude in the world. She's the biggest attitude in the room. Yeah, yeah, she can, for sure. She can turn it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, I love both of those combos. Yeah. There you go. That's all I got. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know where my mind went with this because <laughs> this is a like we're writing this to do a bad job of this movie. Uh, this recast. The funny thing would be if it was bad. Yeah. yeah exactly. So we're going to break reality even more. Mm. Uh, for Jake, we're getting Danny DeVito. <laughs> He's playing a 30-year-old. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Doing the like the funny sitcom thing of no dressing, no makeup, no, no change. No. He is just a 30-year-old in that universe, and that's what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. um, he was in jail. He's had a yeah. rough life. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and opposite him, I don't know if you are, are, are as familiar as I am, but uh, we're putting Flula Borg as the oh. tall, gangly, yeah, yeah, yeah. deadpan weirdo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. He's a comedy guy, right? Like, yeah. I don't know his comedy as much, but I definitely have it's seen a routine or something. Very deadpan, very, not very surreal, but really just like, he, not so tethered. random, uh, but very... Um, I tend to think of like economization of words sure, where it's sure. just here's the weirdest you can be with the fewest words possible. Yes, I like that. Okay. Like, and I can also picture him being the guy that's just like, yeah, it's a piece of toast. Sticking out of his pocket <laughs> and sledding. You wouldn't be that surprised to find out that he's like not really tethered to reality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also like he that. just gets stuff done because it, he doesn't let the bizarreness of him get in the way. Sure. Know? He's not he's not playing it big. I feel like they Danny DeVito and him would be a very funny combo because Danny DeVito can bring that big loud energy when it's yeah. needed. But Flugelborg is always he's always the same tone of voice. <laughs> he is never louder than that. He's never quieter than that. He's right. just always the same. It's kind of a weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> Canada, wherever he's from, same thing. Somewhere in the middle of Europe. <laughs> yeah, a Scandinavian type. Uh, and for the mystery woman, I just wanted to go with the person who seems the most harmless. Okay. So I've chosen okay. Rooney Mara. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a small person who could kill you, though. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> any of the weapons she's using, you'd be like, oh, the recoil from that will break you like a twig. You should fall over yeah. holding this rocket launcher. So that's, yeah, my, my I like that a lot. justification there. <laughs> so this is a Great. thing that will never get financed. Nope. No one in their right mind would make it. Nope. Enjoy that in your minds only, folks. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. So uh, that's about all we got to say about the Blues Brothers, I think. Except mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to hear your final thoughts, if you got any more thoughts to have, finally. <laughs> oh, I got some final thoughts. <laughs> I just, I love this movie for being such a weird, like, it's not weird in a calculated way. Yeah. It's just weird because the people in it are weird and not apologizing for, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense that the car goes off one ramp and is suddenly 400 feet in the air. Like, it's, <laughs> you're never going to get the, there's never going to be a why for mm. that. And that is not only part of the comedy, but it's almost like not, not even worth drawing attention to. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. You just enjoy that it happened. Um, yeah, I just like the the complete off the wallness of it. It's so hard to do the like eh, random yeah. without being extremely cringe. Yeah. So I feel like the fact that it came from a, a a bit that was supposed to be cringe 
and then they managed to like make it kind of cool yeah they made, <laughs> made it like spun it into a thing where it's like genuinely like earnest and and easy to watch where you're not it's not winking at itself it's no. like transcended the irony of and it and it's not the it's not cringe humor either it's not like ooh this is so awkward no Nothing, yeah no yeah because i yeah i had this is a complete learning to me that they're supposed to be like two extremely uncool guys trying to do like the coolest of all music you know but i think that yeah even the sketch i haven't seen any of the sketches even probably should have watched I? it for this yeah uh, but uh my understanding is that like they're not cringe humor then even it's just it's a cringe idea <laughs> right and the execution is cool they're just like charming and like <laughs> yeah. you can't help liking it yeah. yeah it's it's a real movie like movie that just the strength of it is in the charisma of its stars yeah and then you have peppered in these like, oh, look, our friends, the Br- Blues Brothers, are meeting Cab Galloway. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's that kind of like, we're going on the adventure with them energy. And like, no one's above that. Don't pretend you're like you're above it. You're not. I'm just picturing a theater just like Cab Calloway comes on screen and just like you, the air gets sucked out of the room by the gas. I'm like, <gasps> Cab Calloway. Like, <laughs> yeah, what was it? What was it like to watch this movie in a theater for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I appreciate that complete lack of, like, it's it's just a bunch of people having a good time. Yeah. Like, the musicians are enjoying it, <laughs> like, the comedy bits are funny. There's there's just a, a non-irony about it that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Nice. I just, I marvel at how it is such a lightning in the bottle thing. Of yeah. They tried to recreate it, and it failed <laughs> so abysmally. Yes. Probably. <laughs> This combination of it's so terrifically of its time because it's drawing attention to how out of time its characters are. Yeah. It's, I don't know, like, I can't <laughs> articulate this little movie. is so weird, but it's not. <laughs> it's a little magic movie. No, I get what you mean. It is, like, how how could you possibly build an entire movie on the backs of this one, like, heh, that's pretty funny yeah. sketch, except for the strength of its, like... It's performances. It's built on the idea of two guys who are like, I think the blues are pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to write a movie about that? Okay, me too. Where's my fucking movie? <laughs> can do it right now. <laughs> I'm not 13. I can no longer do it. You're no longer a blues teen. Exactly. No, I'm a blues adult. <laughs> the worst kind. No, it's fine. Recovering blues teen. I'm turning into a dad is what's oh, happening. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Just heads up. Great. Well, yeah. uh... I'm really excited to hear what you're going to double bill with this movie. So I would love to move on to our final segment. Yeah. So uh, if you got a marquee title too, I always forget. And I have not got one this time around. I feel like I'll be able to pull one out here. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear about that too, because you're going first. So oh boy. over to you. Oh boy. So I'm going to pair it with another American road trip comedy jukebox musical. Oh. <laughs> That is based on like an existing property. You're and describing my double bill thing too, uh-oh, so let's uh-oh. see what's gonna happen. I would not be at all surprised if we did end okay. up with the same thing, okay, so cool. prepare yourself. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm gonna double bill it with the Muppet movie. <gasps> Ring a ding 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 ding! <gasps> yes! We did it again! For the second time in garbage history, we done did it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but it's perfect! It is right? perfect! The Blues Brothers is just cynical Muppets. That's all and it is. Barely. Like, barely cynical Muppets. Like, orphanages exist in this universe, I guess. It's like the Catholic Church and taxes exist. And that's why it's the dark universe of, like, the Cops Muppets. Cops exist. <laughs> the National Guard. 
um, Nazis. Ew, so, <laughs> but it is so Muppety of like, there's no like yeah. logical rules to the universe. It's fine. It's, it's a guy on a road trip collecting his friends yep. to put on a performance. And nobody calls attention to how broken reality no, is. That's no. another big part there's of it. There's so yeah. much fourth wall breaking and like meta humor, like arguably even more in the Muppets because part of the plot is like, they managed to like oh isn't it that the the um what's the band's name oh uh oh fuck Doctor Teeth and his electric boogaloo something like that yeah yeah the electric something anyway they read ahead in the script so they yeah, know where right. to go rescue Kermit like it's a yeah <laughs> and that is the official plot explanation for why they showed up where they did like it's very fourth wall breaky and very like. The premise of the movie is, hey, you already know these characters. Yes. Come along with us and, like, come with your friends on a trip. Let's fart around in yeah. a new arena. Yeah. yeah. And there's an element of, like, we got to save the, you know, they're being, like, pursued by yep. by enemies and, and what have you. And there's a lot of, like, is this going to translate from television to movie? Yeah. In the Muppets case, it's very, like, how do we show a full body hand puppet? <laughs> so that's more of the technical aspect and with the Blues Brothers movie, I'm assuming now that it's like, how the fuck are we supposed to film Dan Aykroyd's 300-page screenplay? <laughs> but very, like, they took a chance, and it's just, it works because the performers are also charismatic, yeah. and there's, like, not a hint of irony in it, yeah. really. Yeah. So Dope. I, okay. Yeah, I love that we both came to this. Mm. I was trying to justify it in a, like, they're, they're both swimming around the same, like, artistic versus commercial kind of thing. Yeah. But the Blues Brothers is purely commercial. This is, oh, <laughs> Belushi's famous. Let's do something. And the yes. Muppets is, we want to bring the Muppets to the world. Like, it's very... Yeah, it's wholesome. It's very wholesome yeah. and, and being done for artistic reasons. Yes. yes. And to be honest, the reason this, that, that this occurred to me at all... what Did I say... Is that a phrase? The reason yep. that this occurred to me at all, yes, yep. was the tons of guest stars Same. element. Yep. It's just like the whole movie really is the music performances, and we cut those scenes together by adding guest stars. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Wildly famous cameos. And well, that's the like that's the draw for some people is the cameos. Totally, yeah. yeah. You can be like Steve Martin's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this little in shorts. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's another one of those lines that really, like, lives in my head. Oh, may I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Muppet movie rocks. It's so good. Uh, oh, I'm so glad we both thought of it. It means it's perfect, and we can't deny that it's the superior double bill. Yeah, so legally everybody listening to this has to go watch the Muppet movie. <laughs> yep, sorry, we don't uh, make it's, the rules. Or it's just the Muppets, right? Let's just call it the Muppets? No, I think it might be the Muppet okay. movie. Yeah. The, yeah, certainly the first one, and then the... 2010's remake, I think, is also the Muppet movie. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Why not? Uh, it's De Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Electric Mayhem, of course. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and Muppets from 1979. It's the same time period. Yes. Like, it's so mirrored. Yeah. It's so crazy. I know. It's, it's a crazy. little bit weird. Yeah. I know. I, I wrote down specifically, I did not choose this because Frank Oz is in both. <laughs> no, but when you said about Frank Oz in the beginning, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. All right, All right okay. <laughs> And also, this was also the movie where I found out, again, via my dad, that Frank Oz was M Miss Piggy. Yeah. That's, he, he, like, pointed at him on screen and was like, Miss Piggy? Huh? No, she's huh? made of felt, Dad. <laughs> I think you'll find Miss Piggy's a lady. <laughs> Boy, um, was I wrong. And same, the first time I saw Frank Oz on camera. So, yeah, same, same experience there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Charming. 
Well, okay, perfect. did you have a double bill title? Because I didn't, and now I feel like there must be a perfect one, but I can't think of it. No, I was trying to, like, <laughs> trying to think about, like, a pun involving felt, like, got that blues felt. felt. I'm, I felt the blues. I don't think this is a fruitful area. Felt the power of God. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. All right. That's... Run I a also mission was... from Frog. <laughs> God. Um, I. I think you could just say Electric Mayhem. I feel like that covers. That both. does cover it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, like I. The way that I came to this was just like, oh, the Muppets is just uh, uh, Blues Brothers is just grimy Muppets. So oh, this is yes. just yeah. We could call it Grimy Felt for a really grunge name that makes yeah. you uncomfortable. Doesn't really have anything to do with either movie. Perfect. All right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about we'll sell a million tickets. Mm. We'll just go, hop in a car, put a large loudspeaker on top, and just drive around. If I've it. learned anything from the movies, it's, it works every time. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, we got to wrap this up now so we can go watch the Muppets. Yep. And so do you, listener. <laughs> Your legal obligation. You have to do it before midnight, and we'll know if you don't. Or we'll turn into gremlins? <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. I had to think it's about, about it for time. a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get my cocoon ready. Uh, you can find us at GartridgePod on Twitter and Instagram. Please rate and review the show so, we're more, pre- so yep. more people can find our thoughts on the Muppet movie and the Blues Brothers. Mo people, Mo show. <laughs> Mo Muppets. <laughs> oh, uh, there's the tagline. All right. <laughs> Uh, so Aaron, where can the people find you? Oh, they can find me on Twitter as well at Macklebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. And you can find me at Dick R. Navis, D-I-C-K-R Navis. Please write and review us, as I said. And please remember to love each other. Aww. Join us next time for another pile of garbage. Bye.